Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Everybody to Marianne Live. I'm Marianne Camarado. I'm so glad you're here. It's raining here in Northern California. We're doing the happy dance here. I don't know what's happening where you are, but we are delighted that you have taken time to join us again. If you're here for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back again and again, we are grateful in every sense, in every way. So let's do what we do at the top of the hour before we introduce our guest today. Who, by the way, wow, I'm holding his book, and I could probably uh, do workouts with this 500-page book. It is more than a book. It's a portal into um, a vision quest. Our, our beautiful guest today, Kevin Hancock, is joining us. He's written a book called Not for Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse. Yep, that's what we're going to do this hour. But let's get here so we can get present and receive Kevin's presence and uh, get grateful as well. These are the two practices I love to help cultivate for myself, for everybody, um, and uh, it's you know to help you deepen your practice and or add it to your practice because that's how we stay awake. I'm sorry, without my tools, I'm a mess. My ego thinks all kinds of crazy stuff, and then I'm off and running. I need these tools to stay present and awake. So let's start very simply by just noticing our breath, finding your breath in your body. It's really simple. Notice if it's in your belly, noticing the rise and fall of the inhale and exhale. Nothing to do about it, just noticing. Yeah, your nervous system is loving this attention. All those neurotransmitters are firing, starting to calm or innervate, whatever's needed to bring us more present in this moment. You might notice if your shoulders have migrated up to your earlobes already. Maybe they're starting to relax some. And it might be useful to, yeah, hear your sound, even if it's a whisper or just the sound of your breath. By the way, I have to say our guest today, his journey started with a whisper, he says. Yeah, a whisper that we often hear and... Sometimes we don't fully know what that means for years. So, yeah, just enjoying all my animals that have come into the studio. It's very interesting. I'm not sure what's going on here. 
As we're breathing, they're feeling the vibration of where we're headed today. So on that note, let's find, as we're breathing in and out, our portal of gratitude. Uh, this shift in perspective really helps us adjust our thinking, the way we orient with the world. Not an easy thing to cultivate, particularly when so many of us feel stressed and overwhelmed and overworked and 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 you know finding our portal may not be easy let's try anyway and starting with a very simple inquiry question who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now and i, I just thought of my animals my cat wandered into my studio one of my cats actually oh both my cats i'm so grateful for the animal kingdom sentient beings who helped it make who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now what kind of electronic device are you using? How many people, tens of thousands of people, how many people, do you have anything wooden in your house? I'm looking at my bookshelf. How many trees had to fall and be cultivated and by whom? Who took care to bring those trees, that particular kind of wood, to get it where you need to go? Well, our guest knows something about that today. He's going to talk about his family business. Yeah. One, five, ten, hundred. I can think of a thousand people. Well, keep going down your list, noticing how they shift your attitude, how we are all connected. I'm going to go down my list of folks and make this programming possible, starting with our honorary sponsor, the One World Children's Fund.org, if you're online, helping unite the people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They make this program possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. Check them out online, naction.org. And at the local level here in Northern California, we've got the Open Secret Bookstore. We've got the latest in meditation and revelation. If you like to hold books while you're reading them, which I do, although I have to say, Kevin, he's listening to me. This is very heavy. I had to sit up and use both hands. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, so the Open Secret Bookstore. Check them out online. They've got folks and authors and healers and teachers in there pretty much every night of the week and books galore. All right, everybody, let's turn our attention, our breath, our gratitude, our presence towards our guest today. Kevin Hancock is joining us. He's written a book, Not for Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse. Kevin is the president of Hancock Lumber Company. Established in 1848, Hancock Lumber operates 10 retail stores and three sawmills that are led by 460 employees and grows 12,000 acres of trees in southern Maine. Hancock Lumber is a multi-year recipient of the Best Places to Work in Maine Awards. Kevin's an advocate of strengthening the voices of all individuals within a company or a community through listening empowering and shared leadership. He's joining us today to talk about his new book, starting with where his journey began. This is a memoir. It's more than a memoir. It's a portal truly into his vision quest, and it's a real privilege and an honor to have him with us today. Welcome to the program, Kevin. We're so glad you're here. Marianne, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad you found me. <laughs> yes. We're, we're glad you're here, and... 
we want folks to know that it's a miracle that you're talking with us today right off the bat, right? You you were diagnosed with a debilitating illness um, not so long ago, and you're going to weave that into the story, but the fact that you are speaking to us is a miracle. It is. I agree. <laughs> All right. So that said, Kevin, let's start back to a um, – I'm going to go to a sentence that I read in the book, and it felt like really the opening for me and my journey listening into your vision quest. You said – that you were uh, getting whispers a long time ago about your journey, right, about this journey that began when you were a young, very young man, uh, attracted to the outdoors, to nature's, the West history, and so on. Let's start there because I feel like it's a, a wonderful entry and a good context, good scaffold for folks. You're right. So, so most of the book takes place on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota where I uh, made a series of trips uh, beginning in 2012 at about the age of 44, but uh, looking back on my life, Marianne, I actually can can trace uh, the, the, the whispers or the, the footprints going all the way back to my teenage years in terms of a uh, love affair with the American West. I live in Maine all the way over on the on the east coast and um however we my family took a trip out west when i was a teenager and then i went back uh to work out west at yellowstone national park when i was in college and then i would go back later in life um and fall in love with hunting in the american west and i found myself reading more and more about um american history during the second half of the 19th century when our nation's western expansion and manifest destiny ran into the plains indians the, the indigenous peoples that, that lived on the plains and um yeah in hindsight there's been a a uh, clearly connected sequence of events that I uh, felt uh, it had called me actually to this um, remote, uh, famous Indian reservation on the Northern Plains. Mm-hmm. And then at one point you're having a conversation with your wife, and you said, "You know, I, I need to go to this this place." Something about you were reading a magazine, uh, National Geographic, and you said. I'm called there. Something, something is calling me and your wife. I loved her response. She's like, "Yeah, you should go there." <laughs> yeah, she's the one that made made this full trip possible for me. That's exactly right. We were in an, I was at an airport with my wife Allison in August of 2012, and I picked up a copy of National Geographic and the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation was the cover story. The title was "In the Spirit of Crazy Horse: The Rebirth of a Sioux." Nation, and I read that article, and it was as if every spirit, past or present, ever connected to that story came right out of that magazine and hugged me in a way I'd never been um, hugged before from a book or a magazine. And I finished, and I leaned over to my wife, and I said, I'm going to go there. I want to see what modern-day life is like for the people that uh, live there. And that one impulse that I uh, heard and acted on uh, turned into um, an adventure and a a learning and a growth opportunity that I never could have imagined was coming my way. 
Another divine feminine nudge you had was from your mom, which I loved, right? Your mom's like, happy birthday, here's an astrology reading. And tell us about, like, how off the wall that might have been. Okay, you're in Maine, you're not in California, you know, offering your full-grown kids uh, an astrology reading back there. I mean, it's not totally woo-woo at this point, but what did you think about that, and how did that change you? Yeah, so in 2008, my mom gave me... um an evolutionary astrology reading. She just handed me a, a, a disc, uh, and a woman from Palo Alto had done the reading. Yeah, of course. Knowing California. nothing more than the um, date, time, and place of my birth. And I sat a few days later and listened to that reading, and and I was I was struck still in my tracks by how accurately I felt this uh, woman who I had never met, who has since become a dear friend and is one of the stars of the book. But at the time, this woman I had never met uh, was was speaking to the very deepest, most private essence of my own soul. It was as if she knew me better than I knew myself. And that reading... Uh, definitely served, combined with the law, with the voice issues I acquired a couple of years later, that reading definitely served to get me to, um, to stop, to think, to listen a bit differently, and to look inward. That was the big change, looking inside myself as opposed to being preoccupied with the external world of, of roles and tasks and ego and so forth. Right, and let's talk about that because... Here you had these messengers. You've had them all your life to some degree, as you called them, whispers, and your wife, your mother, and and this astrologer now conspiring. The universe is conspiring, but there was um, the external situation that you're talking about, and so many of us relate to this. You know, we are, in this culture, in this Western culture, we are externally referenced. We are taught to place the emphasis and focus on becoming our persona, building a life, you know, raising a family, all of those external things, then you get this diagnosis. There you are, big CEO, taking over your family's company, right? Uh, at 32, filling some pretty gigantic shoes. Uh, your father left us, sadly, at 54, I think, uh, uh, from cancer, which was very sad. And yet here you are thinking, I got this. I got this, right? And you're taking on these, this gigantic, is, is an epic responsibility, and somewhere along the line, you know, we've got our, our market crash that happens, your company's falling apart, yet you, you, you uh, got your head down and you make it through. Yet at some point you get a diagnosis and, and things shift. You start to make that shift from the outside to the inside. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so in, um, well, in 2010, at the peak of the housing and mortgage market collapse, which was a, a very significant event for everyone, but particularly if you were in the housing or construction industry. At the peak of that uh, collapse, I began to have trouble speaking. So when I went to talk, all the muscles in my throat would spasm and squeeze and contract, and my voice got very broken, uh, weak, and hard to hear. And worse yet for me, um, at times, pushing out just a few sentences made, um, it felt like it 
took a major athletic feat. Like, I really had to work to do that, and talking left me sore, dizzy, out of breath, and not wanting to say very much. So I went to a doctor, and then another doctor, and I finally ended up at the Mass Massachusetts Eye and Ear Clinic in Boston, where uh, I was di- diagnosed with spasmodic dysphonia, which is a rare uh, neurological voice disorder uh, that affects only speech with no known cause and no known cure. So I found myself um, trying to lead a lumber company through the collapse of the housing market without the consistent use of my voice, and I had no idea what, um, how I would do that, if I would be able to do it, or what would happen next. Right. So uh, this reminds me, for anybody who's interested in astrology, it reminds me of the tower card or, you know, the, those, those uh, augers that some of us get when we're looking, but boy, when we're not looking and something happens to the body, the body's talking to us, something like this, it, it has the potential to change us if we want to walk through that gate, which you did, or, you know, the elevator can keep going down, as they say. I'm really fascinated and have a, a lot of respect for you, Kevin, and for those people who seize the opportunity that what's given us and, and do walk through that, that gateway into the other side. We're going to go to break in just a minute and uh, start on this fantastical journey <laughs> that you have uh, been on and written about so beautifully. Uh, if you are online and your fingers are near a computer, you want to get a copy of Not for Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse. Uh, the photographs alone are, are worth buying the book. They're uh, remarkable, uh, and I was saying to you before the show started, I felt like this is a real gift and a privilege to be able to find my way inside your very private and personal journey. Uh, an amazing, amazing journey. And we're going to start with um, your first flight in and as you get your rental car, right? Isn't that how we're going to start? Tell us just a, a little snippet before we go to break here, the way you arrive. Well, the first time I went to Pine Ridge, I didn't really know anybody. And I remember uh, changing planes in Chicago and then landing in Rapid City and just being really um, really scared like I hadn't been um, before or since I was young about what I was doing and why I was doing it. I knew I had this feeling something significant was coming my way, but no no understanding of what it was. And I felt like I was kind of just... Um, journeying out into the wilderness this whisper that i was hearing gorgeous all right when you're back after the break we're going to take the journey with you real time right here on marion life don't touch that dial back in just a minute kevin hancock is with me on marion life don't touch that dial back in just a minute I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. 
proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, gosh, if you love stories that are life-changing, oh, who doesn't? <laughs> You're in the right place. Kevin Hancock is joining us today talking about his new book. It's been out for about a year now, Not for Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse. This man's journey um, will touch you, move you, inspire you, change your life. So you back to where we uh, left off, Kevin, there you are. You're in a place you've never been before, uh, and you're driving around. I remember seeing one of the pictures. There's this hut, practically, and there's no, nothing for miles around. You can't even see anything. Where the heck are you? Let us know geographically where yeah, that is. Yeah, so the, uh, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation is perhaps the um, most historic, uh, remote, disenfranchised of all the Sioux reservations on the northern plains. It's located in the southwest corner of South Dakota. If you were looking at a map of the country, it sits right above the Nebraska Panhandle. Uh, It's a very big place. It's about 2 million acres in size, and it's home to the Oglala Sioux tribe, and they are the direct descendants of some of the most famous uh, war chiefs and medicine men in American history, Red Cloud, Crazy Horse, Black Elk, and others. And today, uh, statistically, it is the poorest place in America. So I've heard... um, Multiple times, people, someone from Pine Ridge saying or essentially essentially saying that they describe their community's journey through American history as from first to worst. 
before the settling of the West, they were one of the most powerful uh, tribes on the northern plains. And today, as I mentioned, it's the poorest place in America. We had a national crisis uh, back when I acquired my voice issue when unemployment reached 10%. At Pine Ridge today, unemployment is 80%. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So you're standing there uh, driving through. You're not even sure where you're going, and you're telling yourself, I'm here. I'm not sure why I'm here, but I'm going to keep listening, listening to something inside me that's pulling me. So you end up driving into town, and the first contact you make is with whom? Well, there was a woman, uh, I spent quite a bit of time online looking to make an initial contact for my first trip to Pine Ridge, and a a woman uh, who is now a dear friend by the name of Pinky Clifford ended up answering my inquiry and said she would host me. She uh, owns a a small convenience store on the reservation and then runs one of of the housing nonprofits at Pine Ridge. So she um, agreed to host me, showed me around on my initial uh, visit and was the the person that that kind of opened the gate for me to uh, feel comfortable at Pine Ridge, to meet other people at Pine Ridge, and to eventually be able to just self-navigate and um, go there as I do now two or three times a year. And uh, I have, today I have lots of friends there, but when it started I only knew one one person, and I had no official role or um, or responsibility in going there. I was just feeling feeling compelled to go. One of the things I also think is interesting to note is that you started out like your first job was teaching history. You've had an affinity for American history and history in general um, for most of your life. And so there has been a calling, and to make that sort of more explicit in your life, moving deeper into that question, like why, that was part of why you were there, wasn't it? Like, what am I so drawn to? What's what's calling me, especially in light of that uh, astrology reading and so forth? Because you maybe had some past lives there or something like that, right? Yeah. So one of the one of the toughest things um, for me to get my my head around was was the idea of serving myself a bit more. I it was a businessman, M, and was a businessman right in the middle of his career. Had a have a great family, all kinds of roles and responsibilities in the in the community back home in Maine. Um, all of which I I you know love and value. But I came to realize that I'd lost track a bit of who I was, separate from those roles and it was a really interesting idea to contemplate to contemplate yourself without any roles at any moment in time when you look at your life it's filled with roles but that's not you that's not me that's um those are roles we've taken on and to stop and sit still and ask oneself separate from all roles and responsibilities who am i That was what really brought me to um, 
Pine Ridge. And, and what I loved about being there more than anything else is um, pretty much nobody knew me, and I had no responsibility really to anyone but myself. And just to take that forward, what I ended up learning, which was counterintuitive a bit too, is that uh, when we serve ourselves, we end up strengthening our own tribe uh, and that done correctly, being selfish mm-hmm. is selfless because whatever makes you, uh, you, whatever makes you stronger, what makes you light up, lose track of time, um, when, when you're in that state or doing those things, that's when you end up giving the most back to those around you. And, and so the book really became in large part about this idea of um, looking inward, every soul looking inward for their own sense of strength, truth, and identity, and following uh, that path and that uh, serving oneself. If everybody serves oneself in a way that uh, makes each of us strong and whole, that that is actually, uh, in the end, the best path to have a tribe or a community or a family be strong and whole. It, it was right out of, um, for me, it was right out of Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. The strength of the pack is the wolf, and if each individual was strong, then the tribe itself would be strong. Mm-hmm. And interesting that you you sort of shift the orientation from the outer self all the different hats that we wear, right, as um, uh, a met- to use a metaphor of wearing all the hats, um, to that bigger, more expanded self that's connected to all things, right? And I feel like that was the big awakening point, right, recognizing I'm not those things, although those are things I do. The I was the one that you went on the quest to resurrect or like a, on a shamanic journey to find that self. No, exactly. And, and these different learnings that I was having, whether it was an evolutionary astrology, uh, coping with the partial loss of my own voice, or learning about the indigenous wisdom and the ancient customs of the Sioux on the Northern Plains, all of these different learnings were were coming together and arriving in the same spot in a irresistibly... <laughs> powerful uh, way. So evolutionary astrology, for example, um, its its core tenets are that, that everything that lives, has lived, uh, or shall live, is related and interconnected. It's all made up of the same stardust, if you will. And that that sacred energy, which lives within us, not above us, but within us, we are it, it is us. That sacred energy has a mission and that mission is it wants to evolve. It wants to learn, it wants to grow, and it wants to evolve over time. And that as to humans, this was the big leap, as to humans, humans have multiple incarnations across time for the purpose of evolving. And the soul is actually the being, and the body is more of a vessel, if you will.
<laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be back right after the break. More, more, more right here on Marion Live. We're going to hear some stories, some of Kevin's favorite experiences, um, and uh, his real-life, real-time guides there uh, on the Pine Ridge uh, landscape uh, when we get back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial, everybody. We'll be right back. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here today. Kevin Hancock is joining us. He's written a beautiful book, Not for Sale, Finding Censor in the Land of Crazy Horse. That's what we're talking about this hour uh, hey, Kevin, you are now uh, at the part of your story where you were telling us about your first visit to Pine Ridge, and um, you had set it up where you had made contact. Uh, actually, you reached out to quite a few folks, and one responded, um, this gal, who's now your friend, called Pinky. And so she invites you into this world. Uh, describe that experience for us, and then let's talk about some of the most memorable times you had on that property uh, that first that first time you went yeah it seemed uh, it all seemed a bit surreal like i couldn't really believe i was there and i knew i was there on one level for the first time but i had this uh, kind of crazy sensation that i'd been there before or that i knew this story in a um in a, in a way that transcended a single lifetime and and it all just spoke to me the landscape uh, there on the northern plains the the resiliency of the uh, and the beauty of the people that live there the tragedy and the triumph of their story it was all um 
so rich for me that I couldn't, uh, I just would completely lose track of time, if you will, when I was uh, there and had this irresistible uh, thirst to um, continue to immerse myself more deeply in their story, their community, and that place in a way that I couldn't couldn't resist. It felt really uh, weird because I felt like I was supposed to be home all the time, you know, doing my job. <laughs> but there was part of me that was just calling. Um, something was just calling to me in a way that I could not uh, ignore. Mm-hmm. All right, so thank you for that. Um, not sure if any of our listeners are... Uh relating uh, in the way that I am, but, uh, you know, I'm looking back at my life through your story and through your uh, book, feeling like, oh, my God, you know, sometimes you put things together and you don't realize that's what's happening until you bring it, it into view or, you know, shine the light on that, right? So here you are with these people feeling like, oh, my gosh, I've been here before, um, and and now what, right? <laughs> you know, and so what, right? This this compels you to start journaling, and you know something big is happening here. So what do you do, and what do you make of this? Right, great question. A big, a big part of it for me was learning to surrender, to not have to sort it out, to not have to make um, anything of it prematurely, but just to follow uh, the whispers and trust that if you um, face that path or that direction as unknown as it may feel or be, um, that, that that which you're seeking will will, when it's ready at the right time, become visible for you. It, it was a real act of um, faith and kind of letting go, you know, kind of the, the corporate or the here and now me would have been all about figuring it out now and planning it out. And it was actually, this experience was about learning to release all of that and just kind of, um, well, as my friend Deborah, the astrologist says, learning to um, to be, to just be. Letting go of the way and to let go of having having to do, yeah. and that also made my presence at Pine Ridge very unique because pretty much everybody that goes there um, goes there with a purpose. They either are working for a government agency that's doing work there, or a nonprofit that is doing work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I was, kind of hanging out um, with the people there. With no formal purpose, people would ask me what I what I do when I go there, and I would say, "Well, I don't do very much there. I I just like the people there, and I enjoy spending time with them." Mm-hmm. There are a couple of times that I thought were poignant that really do um, illuminate what you're talking about. At one point, you were lost, and you decided, you know, you're not using GPS. You had your maps, and you were literally lost. And you ask us, the reader, when was the last time you were actually lost? <laughs> And I put the book down, and I could feel myself contract and be frightened, like not knowing, not knowing, and not just, you know, in terms of direction, but in anywhere in life, we've become addicted to knowing and thinking we can control. And I had this experience of just taking a breath, imagining the vastness, the quietness, and what my my body 
maybe would go into shock because we've all had so little, many of us, few of us have had the experiences that you've had uh, and continue to have, but we need it. We're missing something. This is fundamental. What do you, how do we bridge that gap? I mean, not all of us are prepared to go out on a vision quest. Right now, I think that's, that's a great question, and it's, and it's one of the core questions of the book that I explore is, is we're living in this uh, 24-7, internet-wired, bigger, better, more, go, go, go world, <laughs> where there's always more to do, more tasks, more roles, more responsibilities, and um, and learning to carve out of that some time to just sit still and be and listen to the whispers of your own soul and follow um, them is one of the real challenges of the modern age. It's, I think it's hard to do. It's easy to um, to get busy and live a life being productive, being busy, but having missed um that opportunity to really explore the essence of who you are and listen to the things that are calling to you. So there was a, a constellation of things that you have garnered from this experience. Um, you know, uh, the, the sense of being more interior, um, your relationship to uh, following spirit, right, listening instead of speaking. You know, you've come away with a, a pretty good-sized um uh, list of principles, spiritual principles, the way you move through the world is completely different now in some ways, but maybe not so, like you say in the book, not so evident to everybody who already knew you, right? It was that the shifts were subtle. Um, I'd love to know about as you're making your way through this journey, uh, and I'd love our listeners to know, what were the people around you back home thinking every time you'd come home? <laughs> yeah, I think initially people were probably a bit curious about what was happening and how it was going to impact uh, me, but I, but I think in short order, uh, when people around me saw my, my um, unbridled enthusiasm for this place that I was visiting and for the story that, that I was telling, um, people became really, really excited and supportive because I think, like, like you mentioned, Marianne, I think deep inside all of us, we all know that um, that we all are here to, to really be on our own search, and yet it's so hard to that. So that so when we see someone um, doing that in a very kind of authentic, sincere way, I think it resonates with lots of people, yeah. which is why I think the book ended up um, doing so well. D doing so well. Yeah. Inspiring us, enrolling us. We're going to be back right after these messages. I'm going to ask Kevin to tell us one of his favorite stories that he would regret not telling us uh, before we come to the top of the hour and uh, what he wants to leave us with. When we get back, don't touch that dial. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. 
Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've, We've ordered, ordered no, no more love, love life drama, drama for us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships, www.marianlive.com, core certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area, www.marianlive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. We are coming up to the top of the hour here. Kevin, share with us a story, um, one that we had talked about earlier, a story about forgiveness or leading up to forgiveness. Yeah, so so I, I remember I was... Um, Typically, after I would go to Pine Ridge, I would leave and, and drive up into the Black Hills, uh, the land that the uh, Sioux used to own before it was taken from them, and just spend a couple of days by myself digesting what I had experienced before I went home. And I was uh, driving along um, after my, I think it was my third trip, and the idea of apology came over me and the the power of apology and that apologies aren't meant to change the past but they're meant to change the future and i had a friend from pine ridge who had said uh the day before that to his knowledge uh, no one on behalf of the government of the united states had ever formally apologized for all of the things that happened and it occurred to me that um that anyone could make an apology. And I pulled the car over to the side of the road, and uh, it was one of those moments where the the uh, the muses, if you will, uh, were using my hand and pen as a vessel, and I just started writing this um, apology to the Sioux and all the First Nations peoples of the Americas, uh, not to... Um, not with the ability to change what happened, but with, with the just the power of saying, I know what happened. I see what happened. I'm aware of what happened, and I apologize. And I really 
came to believe that um, an apology in and of itself is a is a powerful act and and a necessary step in the process of forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And you sent that letter out uh, to folks, and there was a snowball effect. Yeah, I did. So I ended up putting that apology right on the, the book's website so that anyone that's interested can um, can add their name to the apology and then can take that link and send it to to their network because in the, the, the blessing um, of the modern age is, is an idea like that can be shared broadly and quickly. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's a really. It was another place in the book where I stopped and was just flooded with emotion, and uh, it was so inspiring. You know, we really can make a difference. So often, people think, "I don't know what to do," and your story again and again and again invites us to listen to the whisper, follow that, trust, let go. You know, hey, we're coming up to the top of the hour, Kevin. I I want to have you on for the rest of the day because that's what it would take to to get um, deeper into the stories, but. As we move up to the top of the hour these last several minutes, um, you know, what do you want to leave us all with? Well, many things, but a couple a couple thoughts come come to mind particularly. One is a, a simple idea, uh, that, and it's this. We all come from a tribe, but each soul is here to individuate. Uh, we are the truth we seek to know, if you will, and that um, that in this life we all need to make time to stop, sit still, look inward, and listen, and to to recognize that serving ourselves to do those things that makes us feel strong and whole and powerful is also the best way to give back to the world around us and making the time and daring to to sit still, to listen, to follow the whispers. Um, and that's a journey that we're all here to make. Indeed. And, boy, have you done just that. You are practicing what you preach. Tell us this has changed your entire company and the philosophy that you have available now. Uh, you, you really revamped your whole world there, Kevin. Yeah, we did, and I and I don't take a lot of credit for it because it was just um, re- reactive. But I I saw how well it worked. When you, from a leadership standpoint, back home at Hancock Lumber, it was kind of simple for me. When you can't always talk, you get really good at listening, <laughs> and you get really good at sharing power and sharing responsibility more broadly. And I came in time to see. Uh, that the partial loss of my own speaking voice, which I'd only thought of before as a hindrance or a problem, was actually a calling and an opportunity to strengthen the voices of others. And so when I looked at our company as an example, I said, well, what if we could create a environment where everybody led, where every voice felt strong, powerful, trusted, respected, and heard, wouldn't an organization where everybody led outperform a traditional model where just a few people held all the the cards? So so as a result of all of my experiences, I ended up coming to see what I felt was a new approach to uh, leadership in the Aquarian age, one in which 
Um, the power was pushed out from the center, not collected in, and one in which there was no single truth, but that uh, the truth was the voice of, of everybody mm-hmm. in the organization. Mm-hmm. Hey, you still thinking of running uh, in the political league there? Because that uh, crossed your mind at one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I think about it a little bit from time to time. I'm not... Um, not sure that that would be the right spot for me, yeah. but um, but I have learned that we that we never really know, and that I should keep listening. That's so right. I, who knows? Yeah, you you embody the leadership qualities we are yearning for. So many of us, Kevin. So however you keep showing up for us, we're grateful, inspired. Um, you're a true leader, and. Um, a real blessing, uh, and also we want to give a shout out to your family who supported you uh, this whole time. And uh, you're a great dad, from the sound of it in your book. And I think everybody's just going to eat up your book. Those of you who haven't read it yet, so yeah, thanks for all that. Well, I'm so glad you found me, and thank you for everything you do to uh, help share uh, ideas and connect people. Pleasure. Okay, our new friend, Kevin Hancock. Uh, we want folks to know they can go to kevinhancock.com, K-E-V-I-N-D-H-A-N-C-O-C-K.com for more information, or check us out at Marianne Live. We, we will steer you towards Kevin. We will share every blessing. Kevin, come join us again anytime. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for helping for having me on your oh, show. You bet. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, sit tight. We are going to go to break and come back for our wrap right here on Marion Life. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships begin within self-inquiry divination deck because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one 877 dad or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. 
HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. What a story, everybody. Wow. Get a copy. Kevin Hancock's Not For Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse. It was so hard for me not to want to talk so much about uh, his journey in more detail. But I didn't want to ruin it for you. You've got to read the book. I didn't put it down. Literally, I, I would blow through 200 pages wondering what happened. Um, uh, and the testimonials folks say that, too. One of the few books that you will stand there reading from... Uh, well, 500 pages is hard to do cover to cover, but boy, in chunks, uh, great airplane book as well. Pass it on. So thanks again to Kevin Hancock for joining us. Potent lessons, a way to shift our cultural paradigm, and then some. The end of the book will just blow your mind. All right, next week, Donna Hennis and Naomi Katz are going to be in the house. It's time for heart-centered activism right here on Marianne Live. In the meantime, you want to get connected to your own divine intuition, to your divine self, go to Marianne Live or on iTunes uh, and get uh, our free beginwithin.com, our divination deck my husband and I created. You can get free readings on my website to check it out or just get, it's 99 cents for the app, download it, or uh, go to Marianne Live and I'll send you a deck. Love these decks. They're a wonderful way to stay connected to your interior self um and the last part of our practice do something good for somebody don't let them know you did it and uh, we'll see you next time same time same place right here on marion live much love and blessings everybody until then